There were three sacred places for the people of the Old Testament tradition. The land, the temple, and the home. The land was their source of nourishment. It was their claim to security and identity. The temple was their place of encounter with God, a place of worship and sacrifice. And their home was the place of family and storytelling, stories that created the bond of their relationship with their descendants and with their God. But the land was their livelihood. It was their connection with the Creator God. It meant that they could survive. They could establish dwelling places, provide for future generations, and keep them grounded, both literally and spiritually. Temples and dwellings they could build with their own resources. But only God made the land. It was God who provided the earth as a floor and the sky as a ceiling for every people. The author of Exodus mentions in our first reading this day, the land, four times. God and Moses speak of the people who have been brought out of the land of Egypt. And they were identified as the people of the land, as their sacred dwelling. A new land, a new land would be their communal address. The land that God would give them, the place where God could find them when God went in search of them. But the author says that they turned aside from God and worshipped a molten calf. They had forgotten the God who gave them back to the land of their ancestors as soon as they were saved from the persecution of the Egyptians. They squandered their relationship with God, a relationship that was based on God's promise of the land as a perpetual heritage a lasting gift. In this season of creation that we celebrate at the urging of Pope Francis, we celebrate a time to remember and acknowledge the sacredness of the land, of the earth. And we do well to recall the story of our ancestors in faith. They teach us the importance of the land, the earth, as a source of spirituality, as a perpetual reminder of the presence and the promise of God, a presence and promise that surrounds us every day and sustains us in so many ways that we take it for granted and forget its power to shape and sustain our very existence.
And when we do that, we squander our heritage. We ignore the beauty of creation and neglect our responsibility for the future. We create our molten calves of efficiency, of exploitation of resources, of ill-informed policies that endanger the environment both now and for the future. It is a fundamental rejection of the relationship that God established with us as a people when we were made from the earth and placed upon its surface to walk its sacred pathways. The rejection of that relationship between God and human beings is at the very heart of the parable of the prodigal son. It is not the life of dissipation that the younger son lived for a while, nor the stubbornness of the older son to participate in the celebration that are the key issues. Both of them squandered the relationship that the father was so desperately anxious to renew and to re-offer to them again and again. He didn't ask for his inheritance back. He didn't ask for a recounting a confession of the sins, if indeed there were any. He didn't discuss what punishment would be suitable and in order. He simply wanted their relationship to once again be reordered in the way that he had always hoped. We know that the word prodigal means to be profuse, to be reckless in offering something to another, to be, in fact, extravagant. And so this is a parable about the prodigal father. And we move that image of the father of the parable to be about God, especially applying it to the mercy of God. That's surely a good and worthy way to see God acting toward us. But such extravagance comes with an expectation. The signs of God's extravagance are all around us. It is as obvious as the land we walk on and the person beside us. The image of God made of the land. We simply can't take both for granted. When we do, we squander the relationship that God established in creating the cosmos and in creating each and every one of us out of a handful of the land. Is it any wonder that there is more joy in heaven when even one of us restores the sacredness of the land and the dignity of a person?
If we are in love with God, we are in love with an extravagance that's embarrassing and challenging. If we are of the Lamb, we are of God.